Well, good morning once again, and to anybody that came in late or joined us late online, again, happy Father's Day. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord, celebrating, as others have said, the fathers and the mentors in our lives. Um, this is a, a, a special and an interesting Father's Day for me. My father passed away in May of last year, so Father's Day last year was kind of a blur with all that other stuff going on, and, and this morning was really a, a chance to to really miss him. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and I know many have, have fathers that passed away, so it, it, can be a, it can be a tough day. But my day this morning was, was made. I got a text from my eldest son, and uh, he may kill me for sharing this, but that's too bad. <laughs> he said, Happy Father's Day, Dad. Thanks so much for always being there for me and teaching me to become the person I am today. Isn't that our text to God this morning? Isn't the Heavenly Father that we celebrate, that good, good Father that we sang about this morning? It's just a, what a wonderful, wonderful way to start the day. Anyway, as Pastor David said, um, my name is Will, for anybody that doesn't know me. I am the chairman of the board here at Northview, and today I'm wearing my men's ministry director hat. Um, I'm really honored to be speaking here. Uh, I do enjoy doing this. I don't get to do it very often, but I do really enjoy the opportunity to share the word and to share a message with, with God's people. Um, for a number of years, you know, we've, we've done this type of thing on Father's Day. For those that are new to the church, we would decorate it around a theme. We would have a sermon that would then tie in with that theme. We'd celebrate dads. We'd have our, our shenanigans. Um, with COVID, we hadn't been able to do it for a couple of years, so it's really nice to get back to a little bit more normal and, uh, and just decorate up the church and, uh, and just do this and celebrate Father's Day the way we have for the past few years. Um, before I go any further, I just I want to give a shout out to Brock and Dean, wherever you're sitting, and Gary at the back. They're my other men's ministry um, compatriots, and uh, we were in here yesterday decorating, bringing all this stuff in, and, uh, and just decorating up the church and just setting up this theme. So how about a round of applause for these guys for the time they spent yesterday. I really appreciate you guys. You're awesome. Now, in case you haven't figured out, let me do it this way. Can anybody guess what our theme is this year? Mm, camping's a part of it. Outdoors. Whoever said that nailed it. Outdoors. Absolutely. You know, over on this side, we've got our winter outdoor themes, our ice fishing, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing. Um, over here are usually summer um, outdoors activities. There's some people that go winter camping. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But you know what? To each his own. But canoeing and, and camping. And then here is just, that's year-round fun, this type of thing. And so it's, it's really get, good to be um, talking about this theme because it's going to tie in with what I've got to talk about a little bit later. Outdoors, it's, it's my happy place. I love being outdoors. Uh, anybody that knows me really well, on the lake, in the woods, that's where I am happy. I love to hike, I love to hunt, I love to fish. I love just sitting around a campfire outside, staring up at the stars in the sky, just sitting on my back deck, listening to the birds and nature and everything else. Being there in the middle of God's beauty is where I am happiest. It's where I find this sense of peace. It's where I find a time of rest. I get to relax and I renew. I find a time of renewal. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. That's the theme for this morning is renewal. <clears throat> now normally, 
when the men's ministry team get together to plan Father's Day, we sit around the table and we say, what theme are we going to do this year? Um, we've run the gamut over what, seven, eight years of different themes of tailored to things that men like to do. And so coming up with a new theme can be challenging. But this year, for whatever reason, a number of weeks ago, God put this idea of renewal on my heart, this whole thing about outdoors. And so it was pretty easy. Was it not Brock to sit around that table? We, we ended up having like an hour and a half meeting, but I think 20 minutes of it was planning this, and then the rest of it we just gabbed and we just, and just talked. But it, it was really nice to, to just have that God-led plan for today. And so um, it's, uh, it's really good to be able to share this with you as well. Looking at that word renewal for a minute, and let, let me back up for a second. I am really glad that I was born with a knowledge of the English language. I would hate to be a person trying to le learn the English language with all its subtleties and its nuances. You know, this word renewal is, is one of those, right? Words can, in their different contexts, can have a different meaning depending on how it's used. This word renewal is one of those. Um, the first area of use is this idea of starting again or starting to do something again. Think about we renew contracts, we renew our licenses, um, we renew subscriptions to magazines, um, those types of things. It's, we're resuming or continuing something that we already have or do. The other use of this word is it's a process in which something is changed um, or improved. Think of the term urban renewal project, right? They're going to rejuvenate something. They're going to completely change something. They're going to exchange old for new. So you've got these two different um, context of the word renewal. And uh, we're going to talk about both of those today. You know, as a church congregation, I think we really find ourselves in a season of renewal. Um, it's been a challenging couple of years between a pastoral transition, um, COVID, having to do online services only for a period of time. But it's also kind of exciting because we're heading into this season of renewal. The season of renewal in terms of we're starting to do again the things that we have been doing. Father's Day celebrations, Mother's Day celebrations, these things that are normal to us, a sanctuary that's laid out again the way it used to be pre-COVID. But there's also that sense of change that's coming. You know, we have this new pastoral candidate preaching next Sunday, and hopefully they will be accepted by the congregation and, and we'll be moving forward with new leadership here in the church. We have a new face in the person of Diane Stewart coming into the office in July. So some really new, yeah, amen to that. For two reasons. She's a great fit, and my wife finally gets to retire, which I know has been on her heart for a while. So there's this, this sense of excitement around that renewal in the church as well. But for the rest of my time this morning, I want to talk about personal or individual renewal. And we're going to take a look at a passage in the book of Romans. And the book of Romans is a wonderful book. Um, Ron Levine, I know you love it. You just love the book of Romans. <laughs> and this was a letter that was written by Paul to the believers um, in Rome. Um, a church had sprung up in Rome, and yet none of the apostles had been there. Paul had never been there up to that point. But this church had developed there in Rome. And, and many um, scholars and historians believe that a number of the Jews that were living in Rome had been 
in Jerusalem on that day of Pentecost when the 3,000 were converted and they were amongst those 3,000 and that they then took the message back to Rome, shared it with others, and so a church was developing. And even though he'd never been there, Paul had this, had this um, love for his brothers and his sisters in Rome and he really longed to go and visit them. So when he's writing Romans, he's sitting in Corinth, he's on his third missionary journey. In Paul's mind... His plan is, I'm on my way back to Jerusalem. I've got some gifts for the church in Jerusalem to drop off. Then I want to go to Spain, and on my way to Spain, I'm going to drop in, into Rome. And as you know, if you read through the book of Acts, it didn't pan out that way, um, and Paul didn't get to Rome the way he had anticipated. But again, there's a number of different theories as to why he wrote this letter, um, but uh, many believe that it, it was a, an, a way of an introduction to the church in Rome of what Paul was going to come and talk to them about. Similar to how when we have our annual business meeting and Marlies works really hard to put that report together, we distribute it in advance so everybody can look through it, then they can have questions and they can ask questions based on that. And so many of the scholars believe this is one of the biggest reasons why Paul wrote this letter to the Romans. His first 11 chapters are very theological, very doctrinal based. It's all about what we are to believe as Christians. And then he changes gears in chapter 12, which is where we're going to jump in, and he starts talking about how we are to behave as Christians. And so we're just going to jump in here, and I'm going to read Romans 12 to you. I'm going to read the whole chapter for a reason, but it'll become really obvious as I dive into this that there's a particular verse that I'm going to hone in on. So if you want to join me, Becky, I should have told you in advance, you could have put it up on the screen, but that's okay. So Romans 12, I'm reading out of the NIV. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy in accordance, or prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Pastor Cat talked about all of that three weeks ago in a wonderful message about love and hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. There's a tough one. Rejoice with those who rejoice. 
Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, this gets hard too. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Wow. Let's pray. Lord, as we, as we dive more into your word this morning, I pray that you will anoint my lips with the message you want conveyed. I know I've written words down here, Lord, as I've worked through this, but speak through me. Speak your truth. And for all of us, may we just put aside whatever this week has had. May we just focus on you and your word this morning and the message you have to speak into every one of our hearts. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, Lord, that we may hear your word, may hear your message, and apply it to our lives. We commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's a list. That's a real list to live up to. It's, it's, it's not easy. The Christian walk is not easy, and I don't think anybody can pretend that it is. But all these behaviors that Paul talks about, a living sacrifice, using the gifts God has given us, bless those who persecute you, feed your enemy if he is hungry. Um, even other areas, like Pastor Stephen talked about last week, about discerning God's will, or two weeks ago, Pastor Herb talked about walking in the Spirit. All these um, behaviors that we are called to do as Christians all start with the same thing that Paul talked about in verse 2. Do not be conform or do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by a renewing of your minds. That's huge. And Paul talks about it a number of times. Uh, in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 24, he has, in, and my Bible subtitles it, Instructions for Christian Living. But Paul says, do not, or that, however, is not the way of life you learned. He's referring back to the, um, the Ephesians and just the way that they were living in, um, in sin and, uh, and just everything that was wrong with that non-Christian society in Ephesus at that time. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In Colossians 3, Paul writes about this again. I'm not going to read that this morning, but you can go home and, and look that up. But this is important. This whole idea of renewing our mind is so key as part of our Christian walk. And, and this renewal, this exchanging our old for our new, that goes hand in hand with our salvation, our whole thing about being born again. In Romans 10, verse 9, you know, Paul writes, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and was raised again, you will be saved. You know, that's all that matters for our salvation and to be saved. But that's the start of it all, that point when we make that confession. 
You know, many do it you know, through the sinner's prayer, whatever that looks like. But that's the start of being born again. But then that transformation happens. That whole changing of our minds, that whole mindset. And thankfully, God gives us the Holy Spirit to help us do that. Because we do not have the strength to do that on our own. Our sinful nature just doesn't let us do that on our own without that impouring of the Holy Spirit. And so that, that change of mind, it begins with repentance, right? It's that, it's that repentance. But we're talking about a whole lot more than, than just regretting our sinful nature and regretting our past sins. That word repentance, that's the English word. It's an English translation. Many of you would, may have heard this before, but it's an English translation of the Greek word metanoia. And what that Greek word metanoia means is a change of mind. Well, it means a whole bunch of things all tried to tie in together, but changing of your mind. Um, it's, it's doing an about face to your old self, and I want the new self. I'm putting behind me my sinful past. I'm changing my whole mindset with the strength of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to walk down this new path where I'm going to do those things I need to do to be free of sin, to be free of my old nature, to those things that I used to do, to that old person I used to be. And I'm a testament to that. My wife will, will, will attest that I am not the same person I was 20 years ago. Not even close. You know, I've, I've let the Holy Spirit work in me. God has given me a lot of grace and a lot of mercy, and He has changed me and transformed me into a person that can come up here and preach the Word. If you told me 20 years ago I'd be doing this in 20 years' time, I would have looked at you like you had two heads and said, not a chance. Wouldn't have even been on my radar. Um, while I never denounced knowing God through a Christian upbringing, I wasn't walking with God at all. But I made that decision. I made that choice. And so God transformed me in that moment. And it's a continual daily walk. You know, the process we are called to become more holy. It's a process called sanctification. It's a big word, but it's basically to work every day to become more like God. But it all starts here. It all starts in changing your mind and renewing your mind and your mindset. That changes your heart and everything else follows, your behaviors. You can, you're able to then start doing these things um, to the degree that God wants you to do them. You know, you, know, you can have a good heart but your mindset may not be in the right place. You know, you can do good things. You know, my wife will attest back 20 years ago, I, was, I would do good things for people, but I can't tell you my motives were necessarily pure. Now, I don't, I don't consciously think that I had an ulterior motive, but there wasn't that complete pureness to them. I, I do know that much. And that's all part and parcel of this changing of the mind and the changing the way we think. Now, as I said, God helps us with this exchange, and Pastor Hurd gave us a really great message on following the Holy Spirit to, to allow this change to happen in our minds and hearts. But we have a role to play in this too. And this is going to be that other definition of renewal, or, or use of the word renewal. We have to subscribe every single day to this new mindset. Right? It's that subscription renewal. And we've made that change, we've made that commitment to Jesus, but every day we need to work at that. We live in a world that is completely counter-thinking to the Christian way of thinking. We're bombarded with that every day at our workplace, online, um, TV, and me social media, 
just driving down the road with billboards that are everywhere nowadays. We're bombarded with that. But daily, we need to subscribe to this new way of thinking, to a renewal of our minds. And I've got some, some ways that we can do that, some advice to make this, this practical for you. It's easy to stand up here and talk about it. It's like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, the first thing it starts with, and probably the most important part of our life as Christians, is prayer. We need to be praying every day. That's our communication channel to God. That's how we talk to God. That's how we get through our day. You know, in, um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says, never stop praying. In other translations, pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Now, he's not saying to be in your prayer closet, on your knees, face down, 24-7, 365. But it's an attitude that we have in our lives, an attitude of prayerfulness, an attitude of thankfulness to God. I talk to God all the time. If anybody was around me 24-7, they'd think I was a little crazy, a little out of my mind, because I talk to him all the time. I'm always thankful for what he's doing for me. A lot of the time, I'll be perfectly honest, I'm asking for forgiveness. You know, that person's cut me off, and I'm saying, ah! oh Lord, please forgive me, forgive me. I know I'm not supposed to do that. But I think we all have moments like that. And we need to have that, that continual conversation with God. You know, first thing when I wake up in the morning, I'm very blessed where I live, that I walk downstairs, I look out my kitchen window, and I see the sunrise. And it's like, God, thank you. I spend every night falling asleep, except for the nights when I'm exhausted and I just pass out in exhaustion. But I fall asleep praying to God and just thanking Him for the day and thanking Him for just how good He is. And that's one of my biggest ways of keeping my mind renewed and focused on God and making room for God in my life. Um, a really funny story that ties in with all of this. I haven't been a hunter all my life. I started five, six years ago. Gary Monteith was able to hunt with us at the time. And uh, after hunting one year, he said, Will, you need to go get your hunting license to come hunting with us next year. So I did. I went and got my hunting license, and, uh, and I did that. And then, of course, as you hunt, you need the gear that goes with it. And so you, you need to buy things. And I bought uh, one of the things we use when we hunt is, uh, is we wear headsets and radios so that we can know where each other is. We don't want to be shooting each other accidentally in the bush. Or if somebody sees a deer, we can see that deer coming. They can warn us there's a deer headed your way. So I went out and I bought this really nice um, radio that had headphones with Vox built into them. And Vox was a voice-activated capability. I thought, that's great. You know, we, normally when you talk like the walkie-talkies, you have to push the button in, you have to talk, you let it out, you listen. Well, that's how these radios worked. But then with this headset, I wouldn't have to do that. It would just go on and off with my voice. And so I, haven't activ I hadn't activated this yet because I bought them just before I went out. And I went out there, and, and I was sitting in the woods the first morning that, with these new headset. And I'm talking to God, and I'm just, you know, because that's what I do. You know, if my, if my buddies knew this, they'd probably not take me hunting because I probably miss I don't know how many deer walking by because I'm busy talking to God when I'm out there. And it hit me, you can't activate this voice activation because the other guys are going to hear every word you say. Not that I have a problem with them hearing me talking to God, but they're going to get annoyed because they're trying to listen for deers and they got me chirping about God and His beauty and His creation in their ears. So really, just a little aside, just a funny story, but, but that's my life with God. I talk to Him all the time. All the time. 
The second way is our Bible, this book. This is the one truth in this day and age that we can stand on. It's His Bible. You want to change your mind? You fill it with His Word. His Word, His truth. And you need to be reading it every day. And you know, I have nothing against devotionals. I, I have devotionals that I read every day. But none of those match up to the power of this life-changing Word. This is what will get you through and keep you connected and help you change your mindset is by reading this Bible every single day. And it, they call it a living, breathing book for a reason. How many of you have taken your Bible, you're going through something, you've just opened it up, and you've been at the page that you needed to read the exact verse you needed to hear that day? Yeah, amen. Amen to that. That only happens because it's living it's breathing, it's God-inspired, and it's what you need to read every single day. Again, for me, my day is not the same if I don't start it with time with God, reading my Bible, and spending time in prayer. I carve out time every morning to do that. Before Marlise gets up, um, I go downstairs, and, and I have my time with God. I love it, I treasure it, and my day is different without it. I find if I haven't started my day that way, when things come up during the day, I'm not as at peace with it. I don't necessarily handle it as well. I get more frustrated than I probably should. And I just, and I look back on that and I think, you brought this on yourself. You forgot to carve out that time for God this morning. And so that's this, another way that we can just really uh, work on renewing our minds every day and making that time for God and the Holy Spirit to transform us and to change us. Third one is rest. This one is huge, but we give a lot, or we don't give nearly enough um, focus on this. When we get tired, when we get stressed, are we usually full of joy? Are we usually full of happiness and patience and peace and all the fruits of the Spirit? No, not at all. Marlies will test. When I'm stressed and everything else to the nth degree, I get snappy, irritable, impolite. <laughs> And I apologize for all those times. Um, but we need to be rested. You know, we can't have a mind focused on God, focused on the Holy Spirit, when we are tired. Burnout is a real thing. Um, I forget how many years ago it was now. But I had one morning where I woke up. I, I, I went through the motions of reading my Bible. I have no idea what he's even reading that morning. And I went to spend some time in prayer. I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing to pray about. And I'll tell you what, it scared me. It really, really threw me for a loop. And, um, and I'm thankful to God and the Holy Spirit because shortly after that morning, I get a text from Pastor Scott. And he says, brother, the Lord's put you on my heart today. What's going on? And so I told him. And, he said, and we went out and we had breakfast. And he said, you're burnt out you got nothing left in the tank. He says, you need to go away. You need to rest. You need to go away where nobody knows you with Marlise and just rest, recharge, renew. So that's also key, so important to this idea of renewing our minds. The next one is community. We're relational people. This last two years has not been easy. You know, we've had forced isolation on ourselves. And I'm not going to get into a debate about whether it's right or wrong. 
but it's a fact of life. I'm an extrovert. It drove me nuts for two years. You know, having to work from home was no change for me because I was doing that anyway. But I couldn't go anywhere after work. I couldn't hang out with my buddies for a coffee. We couldn't have people in. It was crazy because we're built to be those relational people. And so it's, it's so important to have those people around us, be a part of community like we're doing here on Sunday and, and worshiping together and worshiping in community because we lift each other up. You know, we need to have those other people in our lives. There was a reason Jesus sent the disciples out in twos. He didn't send them out to preach by themselves. He sent them out in twos so they could, they could lift each other up. They could hold each other accountable. They could, um, they could be there for each other. They could help renew each other each and every day and help renew their minds. Um, for me, I, I have several accountability partners. Brock and I, I don't know how many times a week, we touch base and we talk. And we just we share things that are going on. We help lift each other up. When we need to vent about something, we vent to each other and, and we pray for each other. We lift each other up. I have another friend who every Wednesday at 12.30, from 12.30 to 1, we connect on Zoom. And we just talk about how are we doing with renewing our minds. We talk about our prayer life. We talk about how's our Bible reading going. We're talking about are we getting enough rest. All these things that we need to be doing to enable that daily renewal of our minds. And we need to do that. We need to be surrounded in community that we can protect each other and lift each other up. In the Bible, we hear that uh, Satan is referred to as the prowling lion. There's a reason for that. There's a great metaphor for that. And I don't know if you realize how lions hunt. But they don't go at the pack. They look for the stray. They look for the one that's by itself. They go after it. They kill it. And they devour it. And that's the way Satan does it too. He looks for those people that are by themselves that they don't have a community around them to lift them up, to protect them, to help them with that daily renewal of their minds. So community is huge in there as well. The last one, a lot of people may not like what I'm about to say. One of the greatest inventions of all time, one of the worst inventions of all time. We need to unplug, we need to self-censor if we're going to renew our minds every day. Don't get me wrong, I love technology. I work in technology, I'm a geek, I drive Marlies nuts because I try to bring technology into the home and she doesn't understand it, she says, get it out of here because I can't do that. It has its benefits, but it has so many pitfalls and downfalls. I have a couple um, statistics here for you. In North America, this was in 2021, two hours and six minutes daily that was the average amount of time a North American spent on social media. Just social media. That's over 750 hours a year spent on social media. In the same time frame over that year, people were spending 4.4 hours per day on apps on their smartphone. Now, if they were spending 4.4 hours a day on that Bible app on their smartphone, God bless them and fantastic and that's wonderful but you know they weren't. And so this becomes a distraction. This prevents us making time for God, making time for the Holy Spirit, and making time to renew our minds every day. Unplug. Unplug from that phone. Do what Pastor David did. He went away for three weeks, unplugged from, from his phone and his technology, and I'm sure he had an amazing time. Get outdoors. Get outdoors 
enjoy God's creation away from the distractions of technology. And you can connect with God. You can renew your mind by doing that. Let me ask you this. What are you watching on TV? What are you watching on YouTube videos? What are you watching on TikTok or these social media platforms? What are you filling your head with from the world out there? You know, are you renewing your mind with positive things? Or are you watching junk? Absolute junk. There's a story out there, it's called Black Dog, White Dog, and there's many different variations of that. Sometimes they use wolves. And how the story goes is there is a Native American chieftain who's been exposed to Christianity and religion. And he was asked this question about how he was doing with his faith walk. And he said, I'm struggling. And the person said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, inside me, there are two dogs. There's the white dog, the good dog. There's the black dog, the evil dog, the sinful dog. And they're continually at odds with each other. They're battling all the time. And so the person asked him, well, which dog wins? And the reply was, whichever one I feed the most. Whichever one I feed the most. So what dog are you feeding when you're on YouTube watching TV programs? Are you feeding the white dog? Or are you feeding the black dog? So the technology, we've got to be very careful. You know, we need to watch what we're looking at, watch what we're spending our time doing. Is that time better spent reading the Bible? Imagine if we all threw away that social media and just paid no attention to it, and spent 750 hours a year just reading our Bible. Any one of you could come up here and do what I'm doing with that sort of exposure, with that sort of mind renewal, with that sort of knowledge of the Word. So again, we've got to be very, very careful as we do that. Just as I close, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back up. Coming back to this whole theme of the outdoors, my favorite week of the year is when I go deer hunting in the week of November. And the reason I love it so much is because all five of these things are happening in that week. I get a chance to pray with my non-box activated headphone. I have my Bible there. I get to rest, even though, you know, walking through the woods can be, you know, physically taxing, but we sleep a lot, we relax a lot, and mentally I'm resting. I'm in community, I'm with fellow Christian men, and we have a great time up there doing that, and I'm unplugged. Where I am, there is a terrible cell service. If I want to call Marlies, it's a challenge just to find a signal in order to just send a text or to say hi. But that by far is my favorite time of the year for all those reasons. It's my biggest time of renewal, and I should probably do it more often, in all honesty. I should probably find those time frames to get away and do that a lot more often than I do. But fellow brothers and sisters, our church is in a real interesting time of renewal. What better time for ourselves to get into that same time of renewal? Renew that subscription to that new way of thinking. You know, we've come out of a time where there's been so much falseness out there. What do we believe? Do we get vaccinated? Do we not get vaccinated? Is the government doing the right thing? Is the government not doing the right thing? And we're just lambasted with news that we can't believe. Is it true? Is it not? We have to discern every single thing we read nowadays other than this book. 
You know, there's, there's this new technology out there called deep fake. I don't know how many people have heard of that. I'm sure watching TV you may have heard of it. It's a real thing. It's a technology where people can go and make videos representing somebody else. So it looks like somebody else is preaching that video. So somebody could take this recording with deep fake technology and have me up here preaching a non-Christian atheist sermon. That technology is available out there. We have to be so careful what we're looking at and what we're using to renew our minds. That's why we stay with what we know to be true and what we know will renew our minds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for your truth that we can stand on in confidence, that we know that that word renews our mind, that praying renews our mind, our communication with you each and every day, finding time of rest so that we can open up to the Spirit, open up to you and your word and have it work in us and renew us. This whole sense of community, we're so grateful that we're back in community again and we can do it again and we need to take advantage of that and just surround ourselves with our brothers, with our sisters, in small groups, Sundays as a congregation, even one-on-one over a coffee, Father. And just an unplugging, unplugging from technology that bombards us with the ways of this world rather than plugging into you and plugging into your word. So Father, as we go today, as we celebrate fathers, as we celebrate the renewal that's happening in our church, may we all find some way to renew that subscription to our repentance, to our salvation, to our, our subscription to you and your way with a renewed mind. Father, again, we give you thanks for fathers. We give you thanks that you are a good, good father. We are so grateful for you and your presence in each and every one of our lives. And we just commit this day and every day to you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Just before you go, fathers, on your way out, the ushers will hand you. We gave these out a number of years ago. It may be a duplicate for some of you. For those of you that are new, um, everybody please take one. If you've had one before, give it to a friend. It's called the Seasons of Fatherhood. And we also have a pack of trail mix for you to encourage you to get outdoors and get on those trails. God bless you all. Have an amazing Father's Day.